0: Hi, my name's Hudson, and I'm a geoholic. You ready, guys? Let's do this, boys. Let's reel this one in. We're here and alive. It's a (laughs) surprise.
1: Thanks for listening to episode 28 of the geoholics the podcast produced by and for geomatics professionals also known as the marshall folk oh, episode.
0: I, I like it i can't i can't no really complaints this time I, I can i can complain a little bit that's ba- a first baseball 28s i got nothing do you have anything jake on a 28 <laughs> for baseball locally no. it's adrian peterson and and now he's over in like washington right is it? So, y- oh yeah, so, yeah, so who right. really cares? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, so Marshall Falk. Um, quick reminder: you can join the Geoholics Fan Club by simply making a ten dollars donation to the Geoholics GoFundMe account. And with every ten dollars donation you make, you will be receiving a highly coveted, sought after Geoholics <laughs> wristband. So please consider that donation and have your name mentioned on the next episode of the Geoholics. We do have a, We have a, a new. A new fan club member oh my goodness Trent Keenan from welcome. Diamondback land surveying in Las oh Vegas God.
0: Oh the Vegas this this guy I, I know these guys really
1: really yeah they, but obviously they're good guys yeah
0: <laughs> if they're giving us money yeah welcome uh, I'm
1: not, I'm not gonna tell you uh, how much Trent donated let's, but he's gonna be getting 15 wristbands let's just put
0: Trent on the <laughs> list of I gotta go to Vegas when this whole coronavirus <laughs> thing blows over
1: <laughs> my Corona.
0: Exactly. I will be. I will be hand delivering those to Trent.
1: That's awesome. He might even get a T-shirt. Ugh, no. Uh that song of course is Carol Pasting the Honey Shakers. The name of it is Crumb, and Carol Pasting and the Honey Shakers are Carol, obviously, Andy Ben, and Will. Some of the best American thrash pop you're ever going to hear, and their latest album is titled Bliss. Can't forget to mention the Big Stir singles compilation that they're both on, and that. Compilation features Crumb and their version of the Violent Femmes. Added up. Added up. Yep, really, really, really good version of that. And all their music is available on Spotify and Apple Music. And be sure to check out their videos on YouTube. Um, you got to see them live. And here, here's the problem. This will kind of be a, a theme for me on this episode. Support local. There's a lot of stuff going on right now, and as everybody's well aware of, it is affecting the economy it's unprecedented at this point and the folks that's affecting the most right now are small businesses especially oh, like, restaurants and bars and things like that um you know most every large city at this point has mandated their restaurants close
0: what is it down. like 50 or under or 25 or under i think it's even under, close depending to depending 10 i think go. it's gone oh, yeah. all the way down to 10 yeah yeah so if you if you get a chance um So realistically like Carol Pacey and them they got some time off.
1: Oh they do. Yeah a bunch of their bunch of their shows have been canceled.
0: Maybe maybe we can just have them play here. Maybe we can't. I don't know. I don't know if the uh, HOA would approve of this, but <laughs> <laughs> we can give it a shot it's, and see what happens. Get them in the
1: garage. It'd be a blast.
0: As long as it's only like the five of us, <laughs> we're exactly, good. Exactly.
1: But, anyway, so support local. You know, you can still go to restaurants and stuff like that and buy like gift cards to use it at, an, at another point in time. Every little bit is going to help these guys because this is uh, the, the this situation is going to decimate the food and beverage industry.
0: And it's still takeout and delivery is good. Yep, exactly Participate um, and enjoy it Exactly,
1: exactly So, friends of the program, real quick um, You want to start start us out, buddy? With Bad
0: Elf With Larry, Nick, and the boys <laughs> 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 They are beginning to ship out the uh, Bad Flex Bad Elf Flex GNSS receiver And we can look that up Where? bad-elf.com slash flex exactly
1: uh land surveyors united justin farrow he is building a web-based community of over 17,000 surveyors and geomatic professionals from all over the globe literally and he has just recently set up a hub for every state organization so if you are involved with your state organization check it out each state has a hub he's um such a creative guy, and he's got some great ideas rolling around in his head. I uh, actually talked to him on the phone the other night for about 30 minutes, and uh, he's he's an idea guy. There's no doubt about it. He's uh, he's a good good person to know. So you can check them out at landsurveyorsunited.com.
0: I feel like we could really beat this to death and be like, are we allowed to have that many people on a website together, or is that <laughs> a la- <laughs> Okay, we're over this. Unifly, Scott Ohana and his team. Uh, they're using their vision to unify drone surveying, data management, and CAD conversion under one badly needed umbrella. Unifly. U N I F L I A R A E R O. Man, oh, man, that's a mouthful. Nicely done. I know.
1: Parkland College Land Survey Program in Champaign, Illinois. Corey Allred and his staff have developed a dynamic program suited for anybody interested in furthering their career as a land surveying professional. Check them out at parkland.edu forward slash surveying.
0: That's a forward slash. A lot of, yeah, a lot of not, forward Not a backslash. Slash.
1: Yeah, so okay. we're not in Studio One tonight. We're no. not at Helton Brewing tonight. We've had to make some adjustments, of course, and... But
0: the world is coming to an end, boys. <laughs> I, I <laughs> feel not, like it really is. Let's not go
1: that far. Let's not go that far. Ugh. But Big Shoots and his lovely wife, Carrie, were kind enough to invite us into their home. And... Not only do we have a really cool setting here to be recording in, but the lovely Carrie made us dinner this evening. Being St. Patrick's Day, she made a great spread of corned beef and cabbage and potatoes and soda bread and everything you could ask for. So, shoots, thanks for uh, inviting us into your home.
0: Well, welcome, bienvenue. Thanks thanks for having (laughs) us. You can't forget the uh, youngest geoholic.
1: Oh, yes, indeed. Hudson. Oh,
0: I think Jake's got to have to throw something in at some point during this. We'll before, put a sound going in. Show. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna, he, I'm he's gonna, the youngest geoholic.
1: I'm going to take that little sucker home with me. <laughs>
0: he can have him for like a day or two. We want him back eventually. Such
1: a good kid. I can keep him to like college, right?
0: Um, <laughs> No, you can have... Well, we'll keep him until college and then you pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, that's fine. Uh, all right, let's catch up with the boys. Producer
1: Jake.
2: How's it going, guys?
1: Going well, man. Going going well. Tell us about your trip. Yeah, made it
2: back in time. Come back for the trip report. It was great. City by the lake, Winnie City. It was awesome. It was a good, good thing to cross off the bucket list. Mm -hmm. Um, Got to check out the Blackhawks like a game before all this craziness happened in the NHL uh, suspended their season. So I felt like it was the perfect time where we got to do everything we needed to do before the craziness struck, and we got out of town probably the 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 best day you could have right before everything really started to to crumble down. So, I mean, now, probably not so much fun. They canceled, like, the Dying the River. There's no parades for St. Patrick's Day and everything like that. So, it's probably not so much fun now, but I think we got in at the perfect time. Got to check out the aquariums and the museums and everything, but... Uh, good place would love to go back it's a good thing to, to, to cross off the bucket list so. I've never
0: been to Chicago in my life but no? I feel like very disappointed for that entire city that they yeah, did not I mean, dye the river green today I feel like that's just a tradition th- it really is thankfully
2: we were out of town we weren't planning on sticking around for something like that but if we were planning and that's mm. why we booked the trip that would have been pretty, pretty big bummer so well, man. a few yep. people in the airport you could see them with their Cubs hats on and everything they're probably coming down here for spring training and like as <laughs> like maybe an hour or so before we were standing at the gate is when they announced that they were gonna pull the plug on it mm-hmm. so definitely some not happy uh, people coming down um so i yeah. guess you still get to enjoy the weather but i feel like when stuff like this happens it, it's just better to be at home there's no sense in being across the country so yep i was definitely glad to get home glad it worked out well hopefully you guys
0: are moving in here because then we can still record we can just do this we can hunker down normal. in here the yeah, shoots household uh, we got a guest room you got do you guys mind snuggling no,
2: that's <laughs> fun. Ryan, how have you been?
0: Uh, I can't complain. Speaking of the uh, spring training and the Cubs, Delphi Delf over here invited Hudson and I to join him in the lovely Megadver game.
2: Which game did you guys go to?
0: The last game ever. Wow, did. that'll yeah. be in the history books. Was, you guys will was, probably it, be in the history it, books. It, there was all sorts of talk all around us of like, this could be the last game.
1: Yeah, well, Literally. everybody on their phones, it was, it oh, was yeah. really weird. It was such a weird feeling day to begin with
0: it was right when rudy gobert tested positive oh, for the nba what, what and they canceled their season saturday Trump came out and said like limited flights from europe and mm. it, was, it was just it was just an interesting time yeah. everybody was kind of and even if you go out now everybody's just off it's right now and it's a strange time it's yeah. like
2: everything just changes literally by the minute, by yeah. the hour. It's everything is just changing. And yeah. then
0: I was out like uh, on the golf course today. There were some guys from LA there, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we came in for spring training to see the Dodgers." And yeah, hmm. no go. Wow. Have a good day, boys. Yeah, bummer. It's okay because we don't like the Dodgers here, so I can't complain. Yeah. And then uh, on a side personal note. Tom Brady leaving the Patriots? I'm a little distraught about this. And then possibly leaning towards Tampa Bay, of all teams. He better be making a boatload of money. There's no state tax in Florida. I understand it, but yeah. It's going to be weird regardless. He, he's supposed to be a Patriot for life. Uh, do you see him winning a Super Bowl in Tampa no. Bay? Oh, Bruce Arians is no risk, no biscuit. No, 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 no. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Bill Belichick still going to beat him. It's going to be fine. The world will be right, but you look at you know Joe Montana, uh, who else? Uh, Jerry Rice. These these guys that are legends, they're not supposed to leave their teams. It just doesn't feel right. It never goes well. Okay, Brett Favre, even yeah, right. You know what I mean? Yep. It never goes well. But agreed. You know, well, if we even have a football season, we'll see what happens. He's forty two, going up forty three.
1: Although I will say, if my Bears ended up with him,
0: mm-hmm. I would not be oh, upset. Gosh. Yeah, well, they, yeah, Trubisky's. Are they pulling the plug on that one? Yeah, is that is that officially I think done? It's not
1: official, but it's. Is it Nagy it's unofficially or Trubisky?
0: Official. Yeah, okay. Yeah, be it's, just. What is what does it say on Nagy's card? Stay true or be yourself or whatever.
1: Try not to suck. Yeah, it should just. Well, that no, that was Joe <laughs> Madden.
0: It should just say get rid of Trubisky. So, what about you, it's Delphi Delpha? Uh, other than the The world ending.
1: Yeah, I know. I guess I'm going to stay on that topic. <laughs> oh, we,
0: oh, yeah. We didn't even mention that we uh, we're not going to be at the conference. That's canceled. I know. Oh my I goodness. Know, yeah. The there's tri- there's so much bad news in this world. Everything's
1: canceled right now. No doubt about it. Yeah. It's all as shoots mentioned. We're not going to be at the tri-state conference here in a couple of weeks because it's canceled. The just like everything there. else Nobody else is I mean Vegas is taking An absolute beating right now
0: Oh god they, I just got the email The MGM They own half the strip They're closing it down today Crazy. How much money Is just lost right now Unbelievable Can I call them And like put in my My uh Lost money on Tampa Bay Right now For the Super I, Bowl I know, Or are they even Like taking future bets
1: I haven't seen the numbers But it's I, I feel like Jake would know this Millions of dollars What's, your, what's your
0: book you got for us Jake I'm sure they'll
1: gladly Take your money <laughs>
2: Especially right now.
1: No doubt. So I'm going to stay on that topic and, again, just kind of reiterate the idea of supporting local. Um, this economic downfall, honestly, is pretty much unprecedented, at least obviously in my lifetime. You know, 9-11 was one thing. In 2008, especially here in the in the Southwest, you know, we took an absolute beating. But I think this is going to be be worse than uh, than both of those, to tell you the truth. And the food and beverage industry is going to be so decimated. Um, I don't know how many of these small restaurants and bars are going to be able to, uh, to come back from this, to be honest with you. So again, support local wherever you guys are. Um, you know the, the the restaurants, whatever. I mean, just go in and buy a gift certificate. Go and do something to help them out because um, you know a lot of people are hurting right now.
0: Well, I guess with the gift certificates, I'm like, are you uh, are you just betting on the future with them? Again, I'm I'm, I'm yeah, in the don't. gambling mood here. <laughs> uh, you know, Jake bought his Boeing shirt because you know they're gonna be around, <laughs> even though their stocks down 30
1: something no. percent. No.
0: <laughs> you shut your dirty mouth. They're coming back. They're coming back. Where's Glenn Abramowski right now? Yeah. <laughs> tell you it's all gonna be okay. Yeah,
1: I, I talked to him today, as a matter of
0: fact. Did he tell Jake? He was not that, happy. Did, did he tell? tell you to thank jake for buying a shirt
1: no yeah. i didn't know at the time i'm trying <laughs> yeah, to do anything i can in these times
2: <laughs> all right let's
1: uh move along here our safety apparel safety share for this week is about COVID 19 of course and national oh preparedness but let's first say a little bit about safety apparel um matthew Stansberry, you know he's he's developed this this line of safety apparel vests and gloves and things of that nature and these guys um the quality of their vest is second to none and i've mentioned it before you know all my field crews wear them on a regular basis and have been for a couple of years now and if you guys are in the market for uh, new ppe or safety gear check out safety apparel at safetyapparel.us so real quick um surveyors by nature are really fucking stubborn right <laughs> what you, can we agree on that absolutely absolutely so you i'm gonna a pain in the back i mean I, I, most of them out there probably think you know they don't have to wash their hands and you know of course nobody's going to get COVID 19 and all this stuff so i'm just going to kind of go through this really quick we hear it every single day but i want to circle back out anyway so first of all you got to know how it spreads and apparently there's no vaccine i don't believe not a proven vaccine to prevent not not virus. No, 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 no. we got
0: some time <clears throat>
1: the best way to prevent illness is to avoid being exposed to the virus which is why all these different things are being mandated and put in place. Oh, um, my God, that
0: seems so simple.
1: Yep. The virus is thought to spread mainly from person to person between people who are in close contact with one another. So, you know, you, there's like this six-foot bubble that they talk about. Um, you know, that's the minimum. Through respiratory droplets produced when an infected person coughs or sneezes. So Ugh. if you have a cough or, you know, chronic sneezing or whatever, I mean, the best thing to do is to stay home. I personally suffer from like year round allergies. So I cough and sneeze all year round, basically.
0: Can't confirm.
1: And uh, <laughs> I mean, right now my cough and sn- my sneezing is not so bad. So I don't know what's going on. But um, if you're one of those people, and I, I've done some research, you know, it's like, how can you tell a difference between allergies and the common cold and COVID 19? And the biggest thing really is, is fever. Mm-hmm. I mean that's the biggest thing. If you have a really dry cough and fever and that type of thing, no doubt you need to you need to get tested when the tests are available. And that's the biggest thing right now.
0: I I I love this. I I shouldn't say I love this disease, but I love the fact that everybody's <laughs> like cognizant of washing your hands. Don't hug and yeah. handshake and. Be be a normal human. Wash your hands. Don't rub your face. It's that easy. Yep. Don't bite we, your nails. We live this every day. Well, I have a six-year-old that bites the hell out of his nails, yeah, I'm but guilty of that as
1: well. So. Oh gosh. <laughs> so as as uh, as shoots mentioned, you know, wash your hands often and uh, soap and water for at least twenty seconds is great. And after blowing your nose, coughing, or sneezing, I mean, just be considerate to everybody around you. If soap and water are not available, use hand sanitizer that contains at least. alcohol.
0: and That's going to be readily available (laughs) compared to soap and water. (laughs) And
1: avoid touching your eyes, nose, mouth with unwashed hands. And again, I mean, people are so habitual and tend to do that anyways. Mm -hmm. So it's really, you got to be cognizant of it. Uh, Avoid close contact with people who are sick, obviously. And again, distance yourself and other people if COVID-19 is spreading in your community. That's happening already. Um, I'm sure most, most people listening by the time this comes out. Most public places are all going to be closed around you. Bars, restaurants, I mean, all those things we talked about earlier. If you're sick, stay home. I know a lot of companies like mine basically have mandated that if you can work from home, please do.
0: And Why wouldn't you, right?
1: Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I know it's not fashionable, not fashionable but if you are sick and you're out in public,
0: wear a face mask. If you're sick, stay home. Yeah. Instead of wearing a face mask, just stay home. Unless yep. it's like you are dire need of something and you have to go out no yeah wear the mask if you need to but stay home realistically i'm I'm not trying to sound heartless but
1: yeah no you're exactly right a lot of surveyors of course work outside out in the middle of nowhere not around the public let's Mm -hmm. say so i can see how and i guess it's a good thing you know a lot of projects are still moving forward because we're not in constant contact close contact with the public or whatever but Mm -hmm. i did see that boston i don't know if it was today or yesterday shut down all construction projects wow
0: Yeah. Well, they're they're all brokenhearted about Tommy Boy. (laughs) I suppose suppose you're right. Yeah, you bring uh, that full circle.
1: Yep. So anyways, just just take the necessary precautions. I think this is a pretty serious deal at this point. Nobody really knows how serious it is. I question it all the time. I'm watching the news, and I probably should stop doing that. But Mm. I'm watching the news, and I'm like, what is what the hell? How is this different than like regular flu, you know, blah blah blah? I have um,
0: a, I have officially been cut off from the news. A spiral. That's I think I'm going to cut myself off. Well, uh to to hopefully no, I'm not going to put a a finisher on the safety apparel or safety no, share. No, please do. Put a bow on it. Um in a not so positive light. Frank DeRizio, the guy from A. Yep. that was struck and killed. Mm-hmm. They, they had all the, the, his name all over the signs today. So Yep. just throwing that out there. We saw it.
1: Yep. Yep. No, it's another, it's another good reminder of, um, just always being aware of your surroundings. I mean, whether you're driving or you're working in a work zone, what have you, um, there's uh, there's, I mean, even more distractions now. I mean, everybody's mind is racing about what's happening around them, you know, the economy and getting sick and this and that and phones and work and everything else. I mean, it's uh, it's a scary time across the board. So. And,
0: of course, the irony of he was putting out safety equipment. And yeah. Things yep. and when yep. he was struck and killed. So Crazy, crazy, yeah, crazy. The whole rest in peace and yep. hopefully it, it doesn't happen to anybody else.
1: Yep, yep. Fingers crossed. All let right, right, let's, uh, g- let's get... Let's get to the meat of the program here with our guest. Our guest tonight is Rose Hart.
0: I am so jealous of this lady's living situation.
1: <laughs> Rose, <laughs> first of all, thanks for uh, thanks for being here with us this evening. Appreciate you taking the time.
3: Thanks for having me. I'm excited.
1: Absolutely excited to have you. So just some quick bio information about you. You're born in L.A. And um, as, as Big Shoots mentioned, we're a little jealous of this, but uh, Rose completed her undergrad and master's in environmental science and conservation biology at the University of Hawaii. Aren't they like the Warriors? The Rainbow Warriors. Rainbow 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 Warriors. 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 That's right, that's right. (laughs) Uh, Her research and thesis (laughs) were focused on data-driven policy, specifically how real-time mapping of hazards along Hawaii's island coast, the big island, could improve the country's shoreline setback policy. We're going to circle back on that because I'm curious. In her free time, she loves to surf. Of course. Jealous. Hike, cook. Not so jealous. Read, volunteer. Kudos to you. Run with her dog at the beach. I'm jealous. And she just completed her first triathlon and is excited to do more. Awesome. Her current job is she's a GIS analyst at Stantech which has enabled her to support various disciplines within the company and work in really cool remote areas like the Yukon. I don't know. Kush, You
3: got it.
1: Delta in Alaska. And a fun fact about Rose is that she loves musical theater, performing arts, and was recently in the ensemble (laughs) of the Diamond Head Theater's production of The Sound of Music.
0: The hills are alive, boys.
1: (laughs) 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 They're alive. (laughs) Uh, Rose, thanks again for being here. This is super cool.
3: Thanks for having me. And
1: I, I think you're probably our furthest away guest
0: right yeah this is the most jealous of a remote guest i've ever been yeah by far <laughs> talk yep. about yep.
3: social distancing oh my exactly. goodness i want to
0: i want to go back to there <laughs> <laughs> we should we should have done the remote yeah exactly. <laughs> we probably could have gotten a cheap flight out to see you right yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I would imagine.
1: <laughs> you know, it's really cool that the Hawaii uh, Land Surveyors Association—I'm not sure what their acronym is or whatever—but they've uh, they've been very supportive of the geoholics. They promoted us in their newsletter mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, kudos to them. Um, got some good folks out there, and it's it's really neat that when we look at the um, the statistics of our our podcast on the uh, website that we host on, you can see where all the listeners come from. <clears throat> And we have listeners literally from all over the world, but it's kind of cool to see a uh, a groundswell of listeners in Hawaii.
0: So I feel like Rose is just spreading the word for us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she is. She is.
1: (laughs) All right, so let's get to know you a little better, Rose. Um, So you're a a GIS analyst. What um, was was that? What your intent was after you graduated school, or what what was your first job out of school? I guess.
3: Um, My first job out of school was actually working for a research lab at the school that I went to, the UH Hilo Spatial Data Analysis and Visualization Lab. And so um, I was able to do more remote sensing work, GIS work. uh, That was all for natural resource management. And so one of the coolest projects that I got to work on over there was real-time mapping of the lava flow in States Estates um, back in 2018 and so we were using drones with thermal sensors to actively map the flow as it was going on flying at night and then updating civil defense with where the flow front was and how quickly it was moving and um, what we could expect for the future so I worked there for a few months after graduating and then um, worked for a different research lab at UH Manoa so there's two bigger universities in Hawaii, UH Hilo on the Big Island, um, and then UH Manoa is the larger, more well-known, Rainbow Warriors on Oahu. And um, worked at a lab that focused on coastal mapping and erosion mapping and sea level rise mapping. And so I was supporting um, a lot of work focused on updating shoreline change rates for Maui County. And then after that contract ended, I started to work for Santec.
0: Very cool. Now, uh, coming from LA, is that where your love of the coastline came from, or was that when you got into college in Hawaii?
3: Oh, no, absolutely. It started at an early age. My mom is an avid scuba diver, um, beach camper, beach comber. And so we grew up camping along the central California coast, um, going to Catalina Island a lot. And so it was just ingrained in me to love the coast, love the ocean, um, and I obviously wanted to stay close to that in college.
1: Yeah. So how far, uh, how far do you live from the water right now? Oh,
3: maybe 10 minutes.
0: Are you looking at the ocean as we speak?
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, I can see oh. the ocean from my house.
0: <laughs> okay. All I get is a lovely view of Jake. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Did you ever consider being like an oceanographer, or like a dolphin trainer or something like that?
3: Oh, absolutely. I actually started undergrad in the marine biology program at UH Hilo. And so I thought for sure I was going to go into coral reef ecology or something like that. I got into scientific diving and was doing coral surveys and fish surveys over on Big Island. Um, But then I got really into the mapping aspect of natural resource management and how that could be really useful for policy and supporting our communities, building resilient communities. Um, And so Kind of had a little degree change, uh, focus interest change, um, and it kind of snowballed from there. Huh.
1: Um, the project that you mentioned when you were mapping, like the uh, the coastline and stuff like that, what what was that information used for ultimately?
3: So that information has been used ultimately to update Hawaii County shoreline change rates, which is really exciting. Um, for a while, Hawaii County has had these arbitrary shoreline setback policies um i'm sorry to update the shoreline setback policies and so um we were using drone technology to quantify short-term shoreline change and um like episodic events like landslides along bluffs and so that information was um delivered to the hawaii county planning office and they're using that to update their shoreline setback policies So where people can and can't develop relative to the coast and they're using science to basically say, we know that this area is eroding at this rate, and we know that it erodes this much throughout the year, um, and we know that we're seeing this much sea level rise and this much impact from king tides. So we're now going to suggest that we limit development to however many feet based on um, the data. So it's really exciting, and, and that's in the works right now. Um, and it's good to see that, you know, policymakers, you know, at the local level are, are really taking to heart the, the science.
1: The areas that are eroding, I guess, at a more accelerated rate, how much like over the course of a year, for example, I mean, is it noticeable over the course of a year or is this how, how, how does that all work?
3: Yeah, so in some places, it is a lot more noticeable. So I had one study site um, called Honolii on the east side of Big Island, popular surf spot. Um, There was a property built along the cliff, and you could see the property visibly being undercut from erosion. And um, we would see episodic erosion, so, um, you know, flashes of landslides, small landslides. Um, But then we would also see over time looking at historic imagery that that area was eroding at, you know, several centimeters to a to feet per year even. Um, and then we can look at a place like Hapuna Beach, um, very popular tourist destination on the Big Island. Um, that area was, you know, experiencing long-term shoreline change. Um, but throughout the year, we could see that that coastline would fluctuate between, you know, several feet. And so that's really important to keep in mind when you're thinking about sea level rise and king tides, because that means that your coastline, you know, available for recreation um, is going to be smaller and smaller as we see those effects um, become more apparent.
1: How much do you think, I have no idea if you know the answer to this, but let's look at the Big Island. How much do you think the Big Island has shrunk over the course of the last, say, 50
3: years? Well, that's a good question. and. I don't really have an answer for that, um, but the important thing to remember is that you know coastlines vary, you know, depending on where you are, and especially on an island like the Big Island, where it's so diverse geologically, um, you're going to see rates of change be different depending on where you are and depending on um, what substrate you're looking at is. And so, while you might see erosion on one side of the island, um, areas on like the eastern flank might be rising due to the volcanic activity. Um, so it, it kind of depends. Um, and, and I don't know that, you know, in the last 50 years we've seen noticeable shrinkage of the Island. Um, I I don't think that that's obvious or, or easily quantifiable.
1: Mm -hmm. You mentioned the, uh, volcanic flow and that you work for Stantec. And I know that last year you guys worked on a really cool project, um, Mapping real time, right? The, the, that lava flow when that uh, that volcano erupted last year.
3: Yeah, so th- there's two parts to this story that's actually really cool. Um, so when I was working for UHU at the SDAV Lab, Um, I was responsible for coordinating all of the drone mapping and the volunteers that would come out with us and how we were going to set out ground control so that we could have, you know, elevations and latitudes and and longitude values to um, base our measurements off of. And Stantec uh, and I had a really good working relationship. They provided a lot of GPS equipment while I was in grad school doing research. And so they uh, pro bono provided... Uh, survey equipment to help us um, put in ground control points during the lava flow. And so that kind of built in a a really cool working relationship going forward after the lava flow. um, And I was actually working for Stantec. um, The public works department had asked us to come back and then do a post lava flow mapping project. And so they wanted to see where, all of the roadways that were inundated by lava were. And so basically we had the center lines um, and then our survey equipment and we had a hike out on this hardly cooled new land, wow. um, just rough basalt, um, very unstable land that we are walking across um, and basically trying to stay along where the center lines were and put out, new control points on this lava flow, which is insane. It's It was an insane undertaking. Um, and so we hike out with our survey equipment, set up our receiver, let it sit for a while, and then move on to the next one. And so um, that was a huge undertaking. Um, after we set up the ground control, we flew our drone over all the control points, over all the roadways successfully, and then could deliver a topo to public work And then they could look at volume calculations to see how deep they would have to trench basically to get to where the original roadway was. And so this was really important because there's a lot of people who still haven't had access to their properties since the lava flow. And so what the ultimate goal was to open up these roadways where they originally were so that people could go back to their properties or what's left of their properties um, and and kind of have that, that closure and that accessibility.
1: Wow. So, did they like, like, ex- I have no idea, because I don't even know the. The makeup of lava. I mean, do you can you move it with like a, a bulldozer or something like that? I mean, did they like blast that's, through
0: that's it? It's going to melt the bulldozer. No, I'm saying once it's cool, they're going to like come <laughs> at it, and it's going to be like Burr. no. Then then it gets hard as a rock. That's, that's how the saying. whole island was built. I don't know how you get through <laughs> it. How do you build a road a through novice. lava? Uh, <laughs> yeah,
3: you that's, just build that's it a great question. See? Yeah, they basically level it. They they um get a massive bulldozer piece of equipment and then just pummel through.
0: Wow. It's a kind of like camera. have you guys
3: seen Tremors? It kind of reminds me of Tremors a little bit. Like you have this thing just like drilling through the ground.
0: Um, Is that the one with the big like worm thing in the ground? Oh
3: yeah, Kevin Bacon. Yeah, that was way
0: that's that was Six way before your time, of, uh, Kevin Bacon. Jake, that's way before you. I think uh, that was like on late at night when I should not have been up watching TV.
1: Jake, <laughs> put it on your list of uh, movies to watch. Don't bother. Yeah, but it's, it's, a waste it's of basically time. just
3: <laughs> really powerful, um, you know, construction equipment, right? Wow. Um, just pummeling through and then. Um, leveling the ground so that it's at, you know, flat grade for people to drive on. Okay. If they have the right equipment to drive on, oh my gosh.
0: So I'm just like throwing this out here. Okay. So the entire islands, and mm-hmm. I want to clarify when you say the big island, she just says big island. I feel like we're novices when we put the in front of it. Just oh. throwing that out there. I noticed it. Um, okay. okay. So the entire islands are built of. Lava flow and volcanoes and all this, right? So, are we just trying to keep them what they are now, or like more lava flow? You think it would just build more? No, we're gonna plow through that and go back to where we started. Am I crazy? Yeah, so that's
3: it. That it's it's crazy. It's insane. Um, because the whole eastern, you know, flank of the Big Island is very volcanically active, and right now, um, Big Island hasn't had any surface flows. Um, surface lava flows. And so this is, you know, the first time in decades that they haven't had any kind of surface flow happening. And so it's a little bit ominous. Um, but really, the, the strategy as it is right now is basically, you know, if you can get access, then um, you're likely able to get, you know, some kind of permits to redevelop where your property was but of course like they're still so far away from that because access is still so limited and the terrain has been so completely changed after the lava coming through um, that you know there's still a ways from getting to that point and I think um, the county's trying to figure out a, a safe smart plan that can you know take care of the people that have lost their properties but also um, you know be smarter where where people develop in the future where where there's less risk of another lava flow happening well
0: so like okay you guys survey wise there's the usual you know ground measurements where we are we live in arizona things don't change here very often (coughs) oh god and thanks for coughing on me (laughs) i got the COVID 19 (laughs) voice (coughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, the ground doesn't change here very often. But like, is it just a constantly changing thing environment in Hawaii? I don't know if you're familiar with this, Kent, or if Rose can help us out here. But it just seems like it's a ever changing thing. Whereas the desert's pretty standard; it changes very minimally here. Yeah. So if 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 you have lava flow. Okay, it it hardens up. Does the ground just become that level now? How does that work?
1: You're looking at me like I, I you're surveyed a surveyed in in Hawaii. You're the, you're the survey guy. <laughs> Dude, I, don't put. I, me on I,
0: the, I'm gonna put your survey mind with Rose's Hawaii mind together, and we're gonna get an answer on this here. I'm still I, thinking. I, I'm they curious. Should.
1: I'm still thinking that should rename a volcano uh, the Big Shoots.
0: That would be awesome. I would be honored. The that Big <laughs> <laughs> I, it, That's if I live off of you coughing on me.
1: <laughs> so Rose, I, I do have a survey question. I'm not sure if you know the answer. It's what is is Hawaii on like the rectangular system? Is it a meets and bounds state? How do you how, how are property there lines established there? I think that's what that might have been what shoots. That's getting part at. of what
0: I'm getting at. You're you're going the technical side, and I like this. We're going to narrow it down.
1: Yeah.
3: Okay, that's a good question. So, <laughs> I'm technically not a surveyor, uh, but I do provide a lot of survey support and I know how to use the tech. Um, I don't know if I have an answer for your question, uh, but on the Big Island, really that's the only island where we see issues with elevation change, where we're seeing subsidence and we're seeing new land being formed. And-
1: so I think I think what Big Shoots was getting at was, um, When all this lava flow takes place, there there was an original ground elevation at that point. Now there's four feet of lava above it.
0: Um,
3: Right. Where it
0: gets solid and it's the new ground. Is that the new ground level?
3: I I think the short answer is yes. Um, Big Island is really the only place that we see those kinds of changes because we have the subsidence. We have... Um, the uplift and we have lava flows creating new land and so um it, depending on how the county decides to go forward with development um, basically the elevation as it's changing is you know whatever the most current elevation is and so it kind of makes the job tough for surveyors because you know you got to resurvey certain areas and then double check your numbers, double check like what you're tying your new elevations to. Um, and it can cause a lot of confusion <laughs> depending on, you know, your, your project site and how much things have changed.
0: Gotcha. So uh, I would like to greatly appreciate the fact that I'm not crazy and she confirmed that.
1: I don't think she confirmed. That. My, my question
0: was, you know, a little off the wall and you guys were looking at me sideways, but. No,
1: it was a good question. She
0: made it okay. I feel good.
1: (laughs) So, Rose, I got two other projects I want to make sure we touch on for sure. Um, Again, you got to work on another really cool project up in Alaska, the Bush Plane Landing Strip Mapping Project. Talk a little bit about that one.
3: Okay. So, um, almost exactly a year ago, I was invited by some colleagues in Alaska to bring my drone up um, and help the airport design team map out the surface of these um bush plane landing strips and so what's really unique about these landing strips um and and bush plane landing strips um (laughs) are that they're in these remote villages Um, and so we're not talking about anchorage where you know it's an urban landscape you're flying to bethel um and then from bethel you're flying out to yukon Kuskokwim, Delta in, in my case. And so you're so far out there that you can't even see the tallest mountains in Alaska, which has some of the tallest mountains in you know the northern wow. North America, right? Like big mountains. So it's just flat. It's just tundra um, and, and Delta. And it's gorgeous. Um, but you're out there and really the only way to get in or out of these villages is by a bush plane, which is a teeny tiny Cessna, um, or a boat, um, which boat doesn't always work, especially when there's you know, still ice um, and snow that blocks the waterways. So um, I brought my drone equipment with me and I was working with a uh, surveyor, Glenn Ayala, um, and he brought all of his survey equipment with him and loaded it all into this teeny tiny Cessna wow. <laughs> and um, went to these three different villages. Um, and we set out ground control points with the survey equipment and then flew the drone at each of the landing strips. And what we could do is not only provide high resolution imagery for our airport design Team to look at and you know confirm. Oh yeah, there's big cracks here, um, but we could produce a surface from all of the drone imagery. Turn all the drone imagery combined with the survey data into a 3D model um, and a 3D surface that's accurate to you know within two tenths, which surveyors like. Um, and so. That was great for the design team, too, because they could see the undulations in the landing strip. And you get these bumps in the landing strip um, from frost, heave, and thaw. So in the winter, things freeze up and contract. And then when spring and summertime comes, they thaw out and expand. And so um, these are gravel landing strips. So normally when you're you know flying to an airport, you know, it's all paved and smooth. Um, these ones are not. And so that can make it really unsafe for pilots to land and and take people from the community in and out of the villages. And so um, this work was really important to do. But what's really cool to note is that um, the surveyor I was working with was telling me that it could take up to a week at one airport just to do the full topo of the entire landing strip and the different features like the apron um, and the light fixtures and wind cones. Um, But we could do all of our ground control points setting in half the day, and then fly our drone for the second part of the day and be done in a day. And so we Mm -hmm. quickly transformed the workflow and provided a really awesome, high resolution, um, highly accurate product for our design team that can help these communities improve um, access uh, to the landing strips.
1: That's really cool. So what did you guys do for uh, like ground truthing? Did you do some like conventional cross sections every couple hundred feet or something like that?
3: Yeah. So we surveyed a couple of extra points and my coworker Glenn had been out um, to these areas not too long ago and kind of had a, a topo that he had made to bounce off of hmm. um, for extra validation. But we also surveyed in more ground control points than we needed. Um, as validation for elevation and Latin long. Um, and so that was sort of the workflow for, you know, QAQC. Cool.
1: Cool. And um, another project you mentioned is utilizing UAS for construction management and utility inspections. Talk a little bit about those projects.
3: Yeah. So uh, there's been a couple projects um, that I've been able to work on where uh, one was also in Alaska. There was an earthquake not too long ago, maybe a year and a half ago, that caused a lot of damage um, along one of the main highways that people used to get into town. And um, the Department of Transportation had just installed these new light poles to light up the highway and make it safer for drivers because it's dark in Alaska for a good portion of the year. And (laughs) this earthquake had caused damage to some of these light poles, And um, and, and they're tall. They're like more than a hundred feet tall, and so they weren't too keen on the idea of sending somebody up and checking out, you know, these light fixtures that have broken pieces barely dangling on by cords. And so um, we could pop a drone up with a Zenmuse Z30 sensor. It's a DJI sensor and um pop the drone up at a safe distance from these poles and take pictures zoom like all the way into the light fixture and take pictures and the quality of the pictures is as good as if you were you know three inches away from Mm -hmm. the pole and so we can get really high high quality imagery that the inspectors can look at and then make decisions about how they want to move forward do they need to send somebody up there um to check it out, or based on these photos, can they make a plan and you know figure out what they're going to do for repairs? Um, so that's really cool, and we were able to do that for several of the light poles that were damaged, um, and it saved you know time and obviously reduced risk for somebody to go up. Um, we could put the drone up and then support the inspectors that way first, um, and then you know also just for construction monitoring and and management, um, I've been able to work on a project where we can fly the drone over the project site and then um, produce imagery that we can incorporate into as-built drawings. Um, And then that's really helpful for, you know, the construction management team to look at and see progress and then have the imagery to go with it um, and like high resolution imagery to go with it. So, um, it's really cool to see how the tech is being applied to all these different, um, fields, um, and, and to see how, how people want to use it. Um, it's, it's really an exciting time and really cool projects that I've been able to be a part of.
1: Yeah. I think those are three like really good examples of how that tool being the drone or the UAV, um, is the, the perfect solution for those scenarios. I mean, I, I think the drones, that drones are, are, are another tool in the toolbox per se. They're not the fix-all yeah. for everything, but those projects that you just talked about, it's like the
3: perfect solution. Absolutely. And I think for surveyors too, especially, you know, like you can do quick recon and make a quick quick map of your site and make your game plan before you go out um, and, and do whatever, you know, boundary survey you're going to do. It's really cool. So it's fun to be at the forefront of it.
1: Yep, for sure. Definitely. Um, Switching gears a little bit. I know it's primarily, I don't know, a male-dominated industry. Um, I'm sure there's been some challenges along the way, you being a uh, assertive, professional young woman. Do you want to talk about that a little bit?
3: Sure. Yeah. Um, I've definitely been lucky for the most of my career and and I'm still really early in on it. Um, I remember in grad school when I was getting trained to use drones and kind of helping make operations run smoothly during the lava flow. Um, you know, you're, you're working with chain of command, you have fire EOC on the scene, military on the scene, and I'm not a big scary girl by any means. (laughs) And so Um, yeah, it's been interesting to learn how to communicate with, you know, who your leadership is um, and and knowing how to communicate. Like sometimes, you know, you you can't speak how you might speak in a corporate meeting. You know, you got to kind of change the language a little bit to meet people where where they can understand what your needs are um, and you can understand what their needs are. Um, And I remember my grad school advisor, who then became my boss working at the lab, had asked me one time after the lava flow, you know, if I felt like safe at work and if I felt supported at work. And it really took me aback because I'd never been asked that. And I'd never, you know, really put too much thought into that. And it was such a refreshing um, question, I think, to to have from my superior. uh, That you know, it it was reassuring, you know, to have that be like on his mind in the workplace. And I was like, yeah, actually, like, it's been really great working here. And I don't think there's been any issues. And that's awesome. But then you have like the the flip side of that now, like working more um, intensively in the survey world with surveyors, where maybe I'm on a construction site, and this actually happened, somebody had come up to me, And they, they weren't a a surveyor or somebody working on site. Um, like they weren't a contractor on site. It was just like a a random person. Um, because oftentimes, you know, working on these construction projects, you're working around the public. Um, and somebody had said, Oh, they hired a sexy construction worker. And I'm like, what? And my first instinct wanted to be like, no, like how dare you use my gender and right. you know twist that and and rope that into my role in in my job, and then my second instinct was, damn straight they did. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know you, you get those kinds of weird interactions where you're like, oh man, really, um, and then kind of learn how to how to react. And in that situation, I was just like, yeah, girls can do this too. <laughs> yeah, um, but
0: when she was talking you know, about her boss and like. Being supportive, I was like, "Ah, oh, sign of the times, we're in the right way and heading the right way." And then, yeah, then it went sideways. <laughs> oh, get out on the construction site, and <laughs> it I all goes downhill.
3: No, but uh, overall, though, where I work now and my leadership, you know, in, in my nuclear work environment, um, it's it's very supportive, and I've had you know nothing but encouragement, and um, it's been really cool to see, like, uh, all of my bosses and and supervisors and superiors are all guys. They're all older guys. Um, But they've been nothing but supportive and uh, encouraged me to, you know, push the envelope and try new technology and and see how we can apply it. Um, And that's been really great. And I think that it is a sign of things moving in the right direction because, you know, surveying and working out in the field, you don't see too many girls. But I, I think that it's great to have those supervisor figures um be supportive and encouraging
1: yep absolutely so you've been on some adventures and again you know working on these unique projects in you know remote areas you know with the drone or the uav what have you um have you had any near misses or anything like that or um you know what kind of what kind of additional safety concerns are there when you're when you're working in, in those type environments
3: Oh, that's such a good question. Um, yeah, I've definitely had um, my share of near misses. Um, actually on the utility inspection project up in Alaska, um, we had a fly away. And um, if you don't know what that is, that's when the drone basically loses its mind and flies away. There's no error warnings or anything like that to prepare you for that to happen. Um, but something just goes wrong with the wiring of the drone and it flies away. And so I powered the drone on and was prepared to, you know, start the inspection and start taking pictures. And as soon as I turn it on, the drone took off. And, um, you know, I've, I've been using this technology for a while. And so, you know, I go through the motions. I try to take over manually. I try to press return to home. Um, I, I try going through the, the safety features that you know are are developed for this kind of situation and was getting no response and so we were at a safe distance from the utilities safe distance from traffic we had our traffic cones out and signage out um but at that point it didn't matter what strategies we had put in place and the drone had took off had flown um over the highway and i thought like that was it it's like all right this is it i'm done um and (laughs) The drone circled back. Yeah. And and I'm trying to bump the altitude up. I'm trying to get the drone to fly up higher because my concern now is that, okay, it's over traffic. If this goes low, this can go real bad. Um, And so I'm trying to bump the altitude up. And I don't know if this was me or if this was the drone or luck, Um, but the drone started to go up higher, thankfully, and then circled back around and crashed right into the pole that I was going to inspect.
0: Luckily. And so it was a total loss.
3: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, luckily it crashed into the pole and nobody got hurt or anything. But I remember I had them, uh, one of the company's interns out, and he was just all wide-eyed, wow. did not know what to do, Um, and I was just like, "It's okay, Austin. It's going to be okay.
1: <laughs> Nobody's <laughs> going to die." Just,
3: uh, yeah, it's like we're fine. Nobody got hurt. Are you okay? Let's let's uh, pack this thing up and go and. <laughs> this never happened talk about what happened yeah <laughs> right right yeah i uh, wish it was that easy yeah
1: um what about in alaska did you come across like any uh any crazy wildlife or anything
3: no i did not no um, moose no i not while i was on the job um i actually i flew into anchorage and i remember being so excited about going to alaska i'd never been before and i got in at five in the morning, and. Could not go back to sleep. And so I waited for this bike shop around the corner to open and got a bike and then biked the whole coastal trail. Oh, wow. And I saw a couple moose on that. And that was so exciting. It was just the perfect way to start the trip. It was way cool.
1: What is uh? what's the plural of moose? Is it meese?
0: Mm, I'm gonna Meuses. go. With,
3: I'm gonna go with mo- <laughs> mooses.
0: Mooses? I, I I don't know. We can ask Carrie. She's around here somewhere. She's an English teacher. Where's the lovely Carrie when you need her? <laughs> mooses. Mooses.
3: Oh, that's funny. Mice. Well, okay. Different so animal.
0: to get to get back to my uh, never failing questions, I got to ask this one though. Yes. Um What you know now, and you've been in some boring places Hawaii and Alaska and I'm I am in no way jealous of any of this but uh (laughs) if if you could go back in time when you were a young professional in LA going to school and all this and thinking about all this what, what would you tell yourself as a younger person that you know now
3: um I think I would tell myself to have no expectations like let go of the expectations and don't like be so strict on myself um you know, because what you think you're going to do isn't always what you're going to do. So if you're just prepared to just go with the flow and roll with the punches, everything's going to be okay.
0: Well, and, and as a GIS professional and everything you've accomplished and done, uh, who are the people that influenced you in that path?
3: Oh, man. Um, well, definitely uh, Dr. Ryan Perroy. He was a professor of mine in undergrad, and then I convinced him to be my grad school advisor. Um, he has definitely pushed me and encouraged me um, to you know, learn as much as I can and, and do good with, with the skills that I have. Um, Victor Rascotto, who's my supervisor right now, um, he taught me a lot about surveying um, and continues to teach me more, um, and really was a big proponent in encouraging me to pursue drone technology within Stantec um, and encouraging growing the technology within the company. Um, Ray Manster, of course, uh, he also works for Stantec and um, he's mine and Victor's superior, if you will, um, our, our geomatics regional lead. Um, and he's also been a huge supporter uh, of the work that I'm interested in doing and, and letting me kind of let my career with Stantec be what I want it to be. Um, and that's been really great. But um, I don't know, maybe it's cliche, but also my mom, um, she's been hugely encouraging. She was a police officer, she was a sheriff, um, and the first female woman to work for the Harbor Patrol um, down in Los Angeles. And so um, it's been helpful to have her to talk to, like when I'm getting frustrated with issues like being one of the only girls in a meeting or being one of the only girls like in the field um, it's been great to have her wisdom like in a time where like she didn't really have anybody to bounce her feelings off of. Um, And so to have that inspiration um, to kind of guide me as I move forward in my career is, is really awesome. And I'm, I'm thankful for all these people.
1: That's awesome. Really good answer. So do you get to, uh, how often you get to see your, your mom then is, does she come out there? You come over here Stateside, what do you do?
3: Uh, we get to see each other, uh, maybe twice a year. Um, she comes up here, uh, sometimes, uh, she loves to scuba dive. So she's always trying to scheme in a diving trip. Um, and then I like to go home too, uh, usually around the holidays. Um, so we we try to balance it out. Not as much as I'd like.
0: Sure. Of course. I don't want to get too personal, but how big is your home and, uh, when can the geoholics stay with you? (laughs)
3: <laughs> the the more the merrier. The more the merrier. I'm actually um I'm I'm gearing up right now to spend the summer in Alaska. Oh wow. Uh, so I'm gonna try out the snowbird thing because there's just been um a lot of support up there and a lot of interesting work opportunities with survey and um drones and environmental services. So um I'm actually gonna be moving Honolulu, moving from Honolulu in a little bit here.
1: Wow. I mean, is Honolulu still going to be considered home, though? Like, you're going to go back through after the summer?
3: We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I'm going to have to go somewhere once winter comes.
0: (laughs) Winter is coming.
3: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, winter will be coming, and it's very real in Alaska. Um, I will probably come back here.
1: Yeah, gotcha.
0: Well, and I got to ask, okay, so... You've given us a lot of information. You've been a lot of places, done a lot of things. Um, is there a mantra that you live by? What is oh, it? Add mantra. value, make friends, add value. Add value, make friends. I, I know. I always mess up Glenn's Do your best. <laughs>
3: so Jeez. nothing yeah, nothing um, big to
0: live up to, but.
3: Uh, work hard, play hard. <laughs> mm. I think like that's it. my mantra. <laughs>
0: like it. That's a good one. That's
1: how I got through college.
0: <laughs> that's how yeah, you're still getting uh-huh. through life. Don't, yeah. don't fool
3: me. Yeah. Great.
0: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh man, that that is a perfect answer. I like it. Especially Well, out when there. when
3: you're going to so many different cool places, like oh, you gotta yeah. hustle, get the work done, and then don't waste any time <laughs> enjoying where you're at.
1: Yeah, you don't want to miss out on any opportunities, that's for sure.
0: All right, I'm yeah. I'm convinced. Let's go right now. Coronavirus, be damned. Let's go to Maui. Yeah. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Tickets
1: <laughs> um, are cheap. Rose, uh, as Ryan said, you provided a lot of good information. Um, what is there? Anything else that you want to add before we start to wrap this up?
0: We put a bow on this
3: one. You know, um, uh, just stay healthy and let's keep taking care of each other and supporting each other and, um, yeah, work hard, play hard.
0: (laughs) Yep. I, uh, I like it. I appreciate it. it. Caring, nice answer. We don't usually get those. (laughs) I feel slightly (laughs) like uneasy. uh, Yeah. usually have dirty surveyors. Yeah. They're like old crotchety dudes. Like, (laughs) go out and get what's (laughs) yours.
1: Oh man. All right, Rose. Well, Hey, thanks again for being here. I think this went Awesome. A lot of good content there for sure. We appreciate it.
0: Absolutely, thank
3: you. Thank you so much.
1: All right, let's do it it's again fun. in a couple months. After Sounds after good. you uh,
0: after you wrap up your next uh, No, in person. You want to go there. to Alaska? Yeah, no, I want to go to Hawaii. She's looking <laughs> for Alaska. Alaska's fine, too. I've never been there, so Purr. we can at you least can't try You can really beat
3: Alaska in the summertime. That's what it's gorgeous. Is that
0: where the sun's up, like, 24 hours a day? I would go mental. I, it's
3: something like that. It's oh, amazing. That
0: would not be good for me.
1: You can definitely <laughs> you can definitely beat Phoenix in the summertime. I can oh, absolutely.
0: That. <laughs> That's not really a competition. <laughs> Is it yeah. under the heat of the sun? Okay, yeah, you, you win. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right cool well let's uh
0: that, that, you know no thank you it, so right? much you guys
1: got anything else no nope.
0: jake you got anything nothing no questions for rose me. No. all right oh well, man
1: thanks again rose thanks, we really guys. appreciate it and yes, we'll uh, we'll you. definitely keep in touch
3: yeah happy st patrick's day cheers
1: yep, same to you stay healthy
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah you guys too thank uh, you right
1: you thank bet you so much all right okay. thanks again to uh big shoots game room
0: mm. hey you're welcome and and what's up top there boys uh, Wonder, Wonder boy. boy, that's a shout out to Bob. Yep. Throwing in there at the last second to make sure he's listening to the whole episode. Yep, yep, and thanks
1: to <laughs> uh, the lovely Carrie once again for preparing an amazing meal on this St. Patrick's Day. Wouldn't have got that anywhere else, that's for sure. Especially with all the restaurants closed down.
0: Exactly.
1: Yep, yep. So. Uh, just a reminder, check us out at geoholicscom and follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and LinkedIn. We're up to about 275 members on our LinkedIn page. It seems to be the page that's getting the most, uh, most traction, so check it out there. And, of course, like I said, on Facebook and Twitter.
0: And what do you always forget? And
1: uh, for those of you who don't know, we have an app. We have an app. We have an app. There's a Geoholics app, believe it or not, where you can get all the episodes and links to our friends of the program and bios and everything and that can be downloaded from the uh, Land Surveyors United website So, also check us out on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify and Stitcher and if you want to be a guest on a future show we're booking into May right now shoot us a uh, email at info at geoholicscom and if you're interested in being a friend of the program and don't forget become a Fan club member of the Geoholics by okay. making that simple ten dollars donation to the GoFundMe account.
0: Wow, uh, we got to start like getting a store on this website or something.
1: You know that's in the works as a matter. We got to we got to
0: cash in on this this uh, well, cash we, cow that we're just letting happen. We've got
1: a box of shirts that we need to get rid of oh, since boy. we're not going to be at the Tri-State Conference. So we're going to make something happen with that. Carol pacing the Honey Shakers with Crumb taking us out. Check them out at carolpacingthehoneyshakers.com. And once again, please, everybody, support local. Stay healthy. Thanks again to our friends of the program. Please be sure to check out Land Surveyors United at landsurveyorsunited.com, Unify at arrow. Bad Elf at bad-elf.com and Parkland College at parkland.edu forward slash surveying.